and Samuel Studios. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. A reminder about last year. Let's look ahead to 2023. No better person to do that with than our guest, Shehan Jayaraja, who joins us now. And, man, I know you're busy, and hopefully you're getting a little time away, but I appreciate you being on with us. Yeah, thanks as always for having me. Always good to be on in Waco. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor, by Alliance Bank Central Texas, by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers, 4541 West Waco Drive, where Waco gets engaged. A lot of folks listening to us will be interested in your thoughts on Baylor. You've got Baylor uh, over and under six and a half wins this year. What was your thought process getting to that number for the Bears? Yeah, so that, that's the biggest line for them right now. I have been going eight and four. I think that they're in for a, a complicated year in some ways. You know, they play Utah in week two, which is one of the tougher non-conference games we've seen them play in a little while. And I have them losing that game. But if they're able to come back from that game and regroup in a way that they weren't able to last year, I think that you have to like the experience that they bring back on the offensive side of the ball. Certainly. Blake Shapin was inconsistent in his first season as starting quarterback, but we saw some of the flashes early on in the season. You know, certainly before he got hurt in that West Virginia game, he was having maybe hit the best game of his career. So I, I think the upside there, I think consistency will be a little bit better. I like the weapons that they have at wide receiver, which was something that I don't think that they had the way that they needed to last season. You're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It's the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton. John Moore's on vacation this week, but we will hear some of his best interviews from the past few months all week long. Today, we will hear from the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, Greg Tepper. He'll talk about this year's edition of the magazine, which is currently available at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. We'll hear John's conversation with Baylor softball head coach Glenn Moore after they were eliminated from the NCAA regionals. He'll talk about the Bears' outstanding season, which included 50 wins and much more. But first, we'll hear John's conversation with Shehan Jayaranja, national college football writer for CBS Sports, and he will preview the 2023 season for Baylor football. Here is that conversation. Cut courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield back in November. Remember, uh, at that point in the year, Baylor had won back-to-back road games, beat Tech in Lubbock, beat Oklahoma in Norman, and the Bears were 6-3 and three on the season. From there, uh, had a tough stretch uh, through the remainder of the regular season, then dropped the bowl game, but did get to a bowl game last year. But at one point, the Bears were 6-3 and three on the year. A reminder about last year, let's look ahead to 2023. No better person to do that with than our guest, Shehan Jayaraja, who joins us now. And man, I know you're busy, and hopefully you're getting a little time away, but I appreciate you being on with us. Yeah, thanks as always for having me. Always good to be on in Waco. I appreciate that. How is your summer, and have you found some time to get away? Yeah, so thankfully we got a little bit of time to get away at the beginning of May. We actually got to go on a trip to Greece, which was a lot Ooh, of fun. Yeah, and yeah, it was great. First, uh, first European trip with the wife, so that was a lot of fun. 
And honestly, this summer has been all about graduations. Actually, between me and my wife, all three of our siblings are graduating this summer. So wow. It's been a big year for us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Congratulations to everybody. That That is great. Hey, uh, Baylor women's basketball is going to Greece in August. Kind of Greece and Italy, a trip there. The men are going to France. So they may be calling you to get some, uh, get some advice headed over there. <laughs> Hit me up. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Very good. Uh, Shayhan, uh, I like your article. Uh, it's fun to read that. Sort of a projection of Big 12 win totals going into this year. Uh, that's really good content this time of year. <laughs> so we appreciate you doing that. What was the, what was the challenge you found uh, doing those projected win totals for the Big 12 schools? Well, one of the biggest ones is I think I'm one of the first to do it. You know, I'm kind of the guy who has to stick their neck out there more than most. But, you know, I've done some version of this, whether at Dave Campbell's now at CBS for almost, you know, probably more than five years now. And I found this one to be the most difficult one that I've maybe ever done. Because when you look at the Big 12 in 2023, I think you have 14 programs that are all flawed and also all have the upside of making a bowl game. I, I look one through 14. I don't think that there's any team that should expect to be an underdog, to be non-competitive. I mean, certainly there are teams that are going to finish with worse records and, and I'd pick some of those out, but I really think this is going to be one of the toughest big 12 that we've ever seen top to bottom. I, I mean, I have Texas finishing number one in the conference. I have Kansas state making it back to the big 12 title game. But if you told me that both those teams were only pushing seven or eight wins, I don't think it would be a huge surprise to me. So just the overall balance of the conference, I, I think is going to be a big part. And the other part of it too, when I'm looking at this big 12 slate, along with the 14 teams, which this will be the only year that we have this is also that this is the first year since pre realignment in 2012, that we don't have a, a, uh, a round Robin big 12 schedule. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, you kind of know what to expect a little bit with the round Robin, but now of course, everybody's schedules are so wildly different. It made it very difficult to kind of project. Yeah, Ward and I were talking earlier. It is a strange year when you look at the schedule with 14 teams, number one, but then not playing everybody, which we've really gotten used to, and which I've always thought was a big plus for the Big 12 Conference. Uh, that does make it for, in some cases, uh, sort of an uneven schedule for some schools. No question. And, you know, for me, it's, for example, when you look at Baylor's schedule, not playing Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is obviously a team that's defined the last decade of Baylor football in a lot of ways. And, you know, with some of these new teams, they're going to come in and uh, and not get to play some of the bigger programs. Uh, thankfully, they kept it so that all the Texas schools will still play each other. I think that, frankly, if, if the Texas schools didn't get to play each other, that would be a huge disappointment to me. So they did manage to keep those together. But, uh, you know, also when you're trying to talk about teams that have a chance to make the Big 12 title game, I mean, again, look at the, the pathway for a school like Oklahoma versus a school like Baylor. I think it's potentially going to be very, very different roads. All right, in your uh, projected win totals, you've got uh, Texas at nine and a half. You've got Oklahoma at nine and a half. You got K State at eight. But you said uh, you you would think Texas and K State to make the Big Twelve championship game. That's where I'm at right now. So when I look at Texas. I think that this is the year that it has to culminate. People, you know, whenever you say stuff like this, they're always like, oh, my goodness, you're you're buying into the Texas hype <laughs> once again. But like I mentioned, I've covered the Big 12 in some form or fashion since 2013. 
and I've never picked them to finish top two in the Big 12 before. This year, I am going to put them number one on my ballot, and it's as much that I think that they're the team to beat as it is that they need to be the team to beat. With what they bring back, a returning quarterback in Quinn Ewers, who's a former number one quarterback recruit, uh, what they bring in that wide receiver, adding Jonte Cook and A.D. Mitchell to what's already a pretty good room to look at the progress they've made on defense. I mean, they, to me, are the most complete team top to bottom in the Big 12. Does that mean that they're going to go through and finish 10-2, and two, like I say? Not necessarily, but I think that they need to be the favorite in the conference, and I just think that they deserve the spotlight of being that number one team in the conference with what they bring back. And for Kansas State, you know, this is going to, I think, be a really big year for Chris Kleiman's team, not just in terms of having a chance to make it back to the Big 12 title game, but this is kind of the type of year where you figure out if Kansas State, a program that can go through waves and have up years like they did in 2022, or is this the kind of program that year in and year out can expect to compete for top 10 finishes and compete for the Big 12? They obviously lost a couple of their key pieces from their Big 12 champion team, but a lot of it is back as well, including a quarterback, Will Howard, including most of the offensive line and a couple key guys on defense. So those are the two teams to beat for me. I think Oklahoma, you know, their schedule, like I mentioned, it's pretty manageable. I just don't know if they're going to be able to have the consistency to make it through the schedule and only lose two games. I like a man who will uh, stick his neck out, make a prediction, a bold prediction going into the year. I respect you for uh, for doing that. And like you said, one of the first to do so here this year. So uh, maybe everybody was waiting on your predictions. Now they'll jump out there with theirs. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's funny too, right? I know that uh, when I looked at the article, a lot of conversation, of course, on Twitter, a lot of conversation in the emails. Uh, but, you know, I think that, one of the good examples of how I think this upcoming season could go is I have Texas going on the road and beating Alabama, but then later on going on the road and losing to Houston. You know, <laughs> right. This is just, this is just going to be one of those years, I think where everything's just a little nuts. And certainly I, I think one of the most interesting dynamics to watch also is going to be that this is the last year in the conference for both Texas and Oklahoma. So everybody is going to give them their best shot especially these new teams coming in. For example, Cincinnati opens with a home game against Oklahoma. This is going to be their only time to play the best conference opponent. So it's going to make things a lot of fun, and I kind of can't wait to see it. Yeah, see, I think that's going to be a huge factor. I think every team's going to really get up sky high to play Texas and Oklahoma this year. And I think the four new schools are going to come in, you know, with guns blazing, trying to prove themselves, you know, to try to put their best forward foot forward and say we belong. Um, to me, that could lead to some really, really competitive games this year. No question about it. And you mentioned the, the four new schools. I do have three of them closer to the bottom of the conference just because I think uh, it's going to be maybe a year to adjustment just to, to playing that kind of schedule week in and week out. But like you said, you, you look at these four programs and they are all programs that have won 10 games, that have beaten good opponents, that have beaten major power five opponents. Obviously, Cincinnati made the college football playoff back in 2021. But there's no question about what these programs can accomplish at the top. I think it's more about what they can accomplish at the middle and at the bottom uh, when it comes to their first season. Because, again, it just takes time to build up depth. We saw this with TCU. We saw this with West Virginia. Uh, You know, the transition to playing a schedule where you're going from maybe two or three teams a year can beat you to now you're playing nine games that potentially you could lose. It's just a different kind of mental burden. Jayhan, in your mind, is uh, is UCF the the team of the newcomers that is uh, most Big 12 ready? 
I think so. And, you know, I think that the, the reasons that I think so is, one, they've got a coaching staff that's kind of been there, done that with Gus Malzahn, obviously had a lot of success at Auburn. Uh, and I think when you look at them, too, from a talent acquisition perspective, they're in a further along place than those other three teams. You know, if you look at things like the 247 talent composites, they rank actually quite favorably even against the Baylors and Oklahoma States of the world, which doesn't just speak to how good their top 22 is, but also how good their depth is at this point because of the way that they've leveraged the transfer portal in a lot of ways as well. So I think that they're just a little bit of a deeper roster right now, whereas, you know, maybe there are some guys at BYU or at Cincinnati who I think might be better players than what UCF has. The issue is I think they rely on those players so much more individually. And so when you look at the totality of the talent, I think that UCF is just slightly further along right now. I got you. Makes perfect sense. All right, uh, a lot of folks listening to us will be interested in your thoughts on Baylor. You've got Baylor uh, over and under six and a half wins this year. Uh, what, what was your thought process getting to that number for the Bears? Yeah, so that, that's the Vegas line for them right now. I have been going eight and four. I think that they're in for a, a complicated year in some ways. You know, they play Utah in week two, which is one of the tougher non-conference games we've seen them play in a little while. And I have them losing that game, but if they're able to to come back from that game and regroup in a way that they weren't able to last year, I think that you have to like the experience that they bring back on the offensive side of the ball. Certainly Blake Shapin was inconsistent in his first season as starting quarterback, but we saw some of the flashes early on in this season, you know, certainly before he got hurt in that West Virginia game, he was having maybe hit the best game of his career. So I, I think the upside there, I think consistency will be a little bit better I like the weapons that they have at wide receiver, which was something that I don't think that they had the way that they needed to last season. And defensively, you know, I think that a lot of eyes are going to be on Matt Pallage as defensive coordinator to see if he can come in and maybe institute a little bit more of Dave Aranda's vision. And I think it's, it's notable that Dave Aranda brought in somebody who specializes in safeties because I think that the defensive backfield was a real issue last year. So I think it's a step forward. I don't necessarily think that it's a step towards but settling there right in the middle and, and kind of proving that the 67 year was just a little bit of a, a rough spot, I think would be a huge, uh, a huge win for Baylor. Yeah, I got you. Very good. All right. Uh, what are, so big 12 media days are right around the corner. I think about three weeks from, uh, from tomorrow is when they start uh, in your mind. What are some of the top storylines for the big 12 schools going into the big 12 media days? Yeah, well, I think that certainly many eyes are going to be on Texas just because this is the first time that I think they're going to be that kind of preseason darling uh, in a couple of years. I mean, really, you know, they had that year in 2019 where people thought that they could compete with Oklahoma potentially, but that's really been it for the better part of 15 years at this point. I think that they are kind of the, uh, the, the team that's going to be targeted, especially with this being the final version of the big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma in it. And on the flip side of that, I, I think that bringing in these new four schools is going to be a huge topic of conversation. You know, obviously UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati. I mean, these are programs that have accomplished a lot the past couple of years. And, and they, I think are, are programs that obviously you talk about them moving up to the power five level, the first teams that have moved up to the power five level in a decade. So it's going to, I think be, an interesting one. Again, this is a transitionary Big 12 season in a lot of ways, just because of, of course, Texas and Oklahoma still being in the conference as these other four schools join. So it'll make for a unique circumstance and, and potentially, you know, 
again, it's an opportunity for these four new schools to maybe take their shots at Texas and Oklahoma as well. Interesting. Very good thoughts. All right, final question for you, and we'll let you go. Uh, sharp left turn here to basketball. Um, a really sad situation, I think, for Bob Huggins over the weekend. Uh, DUI charge, and then he resigned. Really leaves West Virginia, you know, in a tough uh, position this time of year. Uh, what are What are your thoughts about Coach Huggins having to resign and where the Mountaineer basketball program is? No, I mean it's. Awful, of course. Uh, you know, Bob Huggins was on a little bit of a short leash after the comments that he made on the radio interview in Cincinnati a few months ago. And, you know, when you see a DUI come across, obviously there's different levels of DUIs, and all of them are bad, but there's bad and there's worse. And this was unfortunately worse. This, this kind of gave them no choice, I think, in a lot of ways. They had to make that change. It's just a, such a tough situation for West Virginia fans, for West Virginia's players, a lot of transfers who have come in who obviously expected to be able to play for Coach Huggins. And it's a sad way for Coach Huggins to end his career. You know, this is one of the most successful coaches in the history of college basketball. He's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame already. And I mean, this is this is a legend. And he was a, a son of West Virginia, of course. And yeah. uh, it just feels like he should have uh, been able to have a better exit than this. So, it's going to, I think, be a big question mark whether Ren Baker, West Virginia's new athletic director, is able to replace him. But, you know, he did a great job at North Texas. I got to work with him a little bit during his time there. I think he's well-suited to be able to make that change. But to, to have to do it already just is such a tough decision, especially with that decision coming in June or July. Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Well, it's great to visit with you. I appreciate it. Hey, come see us when you can, and uh, appreciate all your good work. We'll see you down the road. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. That is Shehan Jayaraja with CBS Sports, cbssports.com. Read his work there. And, uh, Ward, he really does a great job covering uh, covering the Big 12, but not just the Big 12 nationally. And uh, just remember, he's a Baylor guy, but uh, that doesn't uh, cloud his thoughts. He's very uh, uh, factual with everything that he does. So really fun to get his thoughts here in the middle of June. Hey, he's one of the few that's been around the big 12 for such a long time and yeah. still being able to go from like what he said dave campbell's into cbs in that realm and still be able to cover the big 12 along with everything else is is really good yeah great to visit with him so appreciate his time shehan Raja of cbs sports this is espn central texas did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At The Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. You got doors that are sticking or cracks in your walls? The Foundation Doctor will make a house call. 
In Cummins Bank wants you to be the first to know about our newest rewards checking account, Mars Rewards. Mars Rewards goes beyond any other debit card-based rewards program by giving you exponential earning potential. We even reward you when your referred friends open a Mars Rewards account and use their debit card. Open your Mars Reward checking account, use your debit card, and get paid. Visit InCommonsBank.com Mars to view complete account requirements and open your free Mars Rewards checking account today. InCommons Bank, member FDIC. After a remarkable 100-year run, the FCC is officially closing the doors on traditional analog copper POTS telephone lines. FCC has issued an order 10-72A1, which mandates that all POTS lines in the U.S. be replaced with an alternative source. Another issue we are seeing is print nightmare. That is the vulnerability in Windows print servers where an attacker could run code with full systems privileges. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or UBEO. Listen to the John Moore Show online at CentexSportsFan.com. Don't miss the premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. Over 600 tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Everything you can imagine, whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection. They have what you're looking for. Visit their website, WacoGunShow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. Everson Tractors has provided you with affordable and reliable top-of-the-line Branson tractors for over 30 years. And they're excited to announce that Branson has now teamed up with TYM to combine their forces. Everson's commitment to exceptional service, outstanding value, and innovative machinery is now bigger, stronger, and better. If you're a full-time rancher or weekend warrior, come see the all-new lineup of TYM tractors today at the locally owned and operated Everson Tractor Sales in Robinson, where service is our name. In my podcast, Your Money in a Cup of Joe, we talk money management, investments, and retirement in a Q&A-style format, helping break down complicated topics. I'm Joe Kalea with Kalea Wealth Management. Look for Your Money in a Cup of Joe on Apple and Spotify. Kalea Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for our weekly visit with Baylor softball coach Glenn Moore. Here's John Morris with Coach Moore. Back with us, John Morris Show, and pleased to welcome in Baylor softball coach Glenn Moore as we, uh, well, wrap up the season. Coach, which you wish you were still going, moving on to a super regional and on from there, but uh, the season has come to an end, but thanks for being on with us today. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's been a pleasure all year. I'm really excited about uh, what this team accomplished this year. Yeah, and there's a lot to be excited about, right? You you, uh, you finished earlier than anybody would have liked, but, man, w- you had some real highlights during the year. Yeah, so, I, you know, again, I, I think um, 
I think this team really performed well at a high level every time they went out there. I remember one time earlier in the year where I felt they had allowed the, uh, you know, the rigors of uh, class and school and being on the road, uh, let them show up a little bit less than uh, they were typically showing up uh, with energy and excitement. And we discussed that. And I don't think it happened again the rest of the year. And certainly came away with some memories and some big wins and tough losses. But, um, man, I think they really maximized their ability through some adverse situations with injuries and illnesses and things like that. So I'm really proud of them. Yeah, six uh, top five wins. I mean, I don't know this. I should have asked Katie uh, Gilmore, but have you ever had that many top five wins in one season? No, and I don't think anybody else had them in the country. And that was one of the – Concerning factors with not being awarded a, a 15 or 16 seed uh, in hosting was, uh, you know, the committee said that Alabama was awarded, uh, curiously awarded, a top five national seed because they had uh, five top ten wins right. and we had six top five wins. So, you know, that's uh, some of the transparency. We'd like to get more answers from the committee on their decisions. And uh, we obviously did some things down the stretch that um, – gave them reason to not award us that but uh yeah those that's that's huge that cannot be over overstated with what this team did and uh on the road as well with uh, a few of those yeah tennessee two wins uh two wins there uh part of those five top five six top five wins this year and this is not uh this is not beating a dead horse this is not sour grapes but how can you follow up maybe with the committee or you know trying to get that transparency you know just so you'll know moving forward you know i think that's something we push for with the uh NFCA and our uh, coaches um association where we you know get them to do some of the things you're seeing in other sports where they answer tough questions there were there was there was a little bit of that but the questions weren't very tough you know so uh, there's going to always be some that are unhappy and uh, some that are rewarded bigger uh, things they didn't think they would be uh, ways they didn't think they'd be rewarded I get that and uh, I certainly know that we're not privileged to all the information that goes on behind the door and that's one of the reasons I think there should be a little more transparency to, to answer those questions I'm not saying they made the wrong decisions, but we would just like to know why they make those decisions sometimes. Sure. And would it affect maybe your scheduling moving down the road if you get, you know, get some answers like that? Yes. And, you know, we I've scheduled according to what I've heard over the years right. uh, was important as as well. You know, that's a, that's another thing. Our our strength of schedule overall was lower than I can. I can't even figure out how they rated us at uh, such a low strength of schedule. Uh, but I, I do know that some of the teams that traditionally are, that we played that are traditionally top 100s uh, fell pretty low into the 150s and, and even lower. We won all of those games, so uh, I've always heard that if you're going to play those those teams with the uh, um, higher uh, strength of schedules, um, uh, RPI, and you need to make sure you don't lose them. And we didn't lose those games. Um, uh, the only losses we have, I think, were top 100. So it shouldn't have hurt us a whole lot. But we had some really, really big uh, key wins that uh, turned a lot of heads. 
Yeah, and the uh, the interesting part is you've got the win over Oklahoma, the gift that keeps on giving, because now <laughs> Oklahoma is back hosting a Super Regional, and that one, you know, on the uh, lost side of the ledger keeps showing up. And, and you, you, you can almost feel people saying, ooh, one loss, who beat him? Oh, it was Baylor. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that big, you know, as, as uh, they continue to play really, really well? It is big, and those who know the sport and know what's uh... – you know how it's supported up there, and and uh, you know with NIL and everything that's going on these days, to you know to know the the, the level or unlevelness of the playing field to be able to uh, get a victory there, and, and and the kids competed even in the three losses against them, they competed really well, and they've won more than half their games by the eight-run mercy rule. Uh, they're just a uh, you know an elite level club, and and everyone brings the, uh, Baylor. Um, you know, every time they play, the yeah. one loss and that blemish there is something, you know, they, of course, hate, but it's uh, certainly something that our girls can be proud of. And it was no accident. We didn't play a perfect ball game, but we played well enough to, to beat them on that occasion. All right, let's go back to that date, February 19th, Getterman Stadium. You beat uh, beat Oklahoma 4-3. to three. Shea Govan had a big three-run homer. And pitching-wise, it was the combo of uh, Dari Orm and Aaliyah Benford. Uh, and, and that was a big part of that win, wasn't it, to have those two who really complemented each other, uh, you know, to, to work to get the victory over OU. Absolutely, and neither of which we did we have in postseason. You know, we, we lost uh, Aaliyah shortly after that and um, uh, out for the season. And then uh, Dari, of course, uh, we shut her down just recently. Um, but uh, Dari throws hard. Aaliyah can throw hard and mix speeds, and that was a key when Dari went as far as she could go. We had a great uh, change of pace, if you will, a different look with Aaliyah that kept them off balance there. You know, they're 15 deep and All-American type hitters, so they can lose several of their top hitters and bring in, um, you know, that type of talent to, to replace them. So there's no there's no easy outs on that team, so you have to keep mixing that up. And uh, it was an outstanding pitching and defensive performance that night. Yeah, great, great win, really was. Uh, and that was where I was going, was down the stretch, you didn't have either of those pitchers, you know, that helped you to the to the big win over Oklahoma. Uh, the others uh, stepped in. Riley Crandall seemed like really grew up and, and got some big wins, big innings for you. And then uh, Casey West also. I mean, they were huge. Those were the two that helped you sweep Texas late in the season. Yeah, Riley got two wins against uh, number five Texas and – uh, one in their backyard in case he got the middle game as well. So they certainly uh, performed very well, and that was great to see and just so proud of the girls to easily could have folded and said, hey, we don't have our best and we need our best against top ten opponents, and uh, we're defeated. But these kids never you – know, we preach it every year, John, to, to play the name on your chest, you know, to, to be better than uh, we were the game before and – live up to the abilities of Baylor, but you just, you know, the, the, the subconscious just has to know what's on the other side to a degree and, and uh, what you're up against and your challenges and even internal challenges. So um, this team never allowed that to affect them and they would uh, meet those challenges, uh, you know, vocally with each other and, and their team meetings and calling team meetings, player meetings and, 
challenging each other and always stepped up to the plate. Didn't always play a great game, but they certainly competed every time they were out there. Glenn Moore, our guest, Baylor's head softball coach, just wrapped up their season. And uh, only one senior on your team this year, Josie Bauer, great senior, great leadership. It's fun to celebrate her on senior day. But that says you've got a lot of young players in key roles and uh, a lot of girls coming back. We really do. And I have said this is one of my favorite teams to coach, favorite teams to go to um, uh, road trips with, favorite teams to go to restaurants with. They just enjoy um, the the Baylor fan that supports Baylor would love hanging out with this team. They love Baylor, love representing this school, and there's a lot of talent there. And we have some talent coming in. Yes, we're going to miss Josie. Uh, we're going to we've had some injuries that are going to have to be taken care of with uh, a couple of surgeries over the offseason, but they'll be back. Um, yeah, I'm just really, really, really proud of what this team, this team was fighting some adversity at the regional with the stomach bug that was going through mm. through the team. And, you know, some things that, uh, you know, people don't know about. I just showed the character of, of what they're about and how they fought no matter the adversity. How about uh, how about somebody like Sidney Coyazos, who uh, doesn't travel with you guys on Wednesday to Salt Lake City? She's taking the MCAT and, and then travels out there late uh, the night before and then plays a game. I mean, that really speaks to a quality person and student athlete that she is. Well, it's these dang 4.0 students. You know, they're just uh, <laughs> right. I, I need to coach the C, the C level students because they can identify with me a lot more than those. You know, she got in with Dan Ingham at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, gosh. The morning before we play our first game and steps right in there. And, and uh, you would think she had had eight hours of sleep and was bouncing off the walls ready to go after a seven hour MCAT. Um, test all day long that she felt like she did pretty well on but she's something else and you know her she's high energy anyway such a leader and just a just a blessing to coach that's neat that's a great story what was your message to the team either right after uh the loss to Ole Miss that ended your season or you know later that night or when you got back what, what was kind of your message that you wanted to leave with them you know, we, we stayed in the moment, and I applauded them for the team and the joy they gave me, of course, of coaching them. Um, not every year is like that. Um, you, you have struggles, and different players handle the struggles differently. Uh, this team was truly a team and, and just motivated me to coach, so I applauded them for that. Of course, we talked about Josie and her contributions. We always have a tradition of uh, having a meal together that, right before we start our exit meetings and, and uh, you know, uh, acknowledging the contributions of the seniors. And it was easy this year with such a great leader in Josie. So we do that. And then we ask her to get her hugs from the team and right off into the sunset. And then we make the transition into the, the next year's team. And I start challenging them. And the biggest challenge with this next year's teams, we're going to, we'll be basically the same team with a few additions that we were this year. And, um, uh, you know, obviously that's exciting. We've just got to get healthy. Um, but the big challenge is to be able to recreate that culture that we had this year that won us a lot of games uh, against teams that might have been equally as talented as us. So talk to them about working hard and uh, obviously complimenting them on what we, we've done but, and enjoying that for a little while, but making sure we understood it's going to uh, be hard to uh, match that culture and that camaraderie 
the talent will be there and it'll be improved as well with the experience, but the, uh, the challenge will be uh, matching that same culture. Yeah, well, have no doubt you'll figure out a way to make that happen. Uh, again, congratulations on a really good season back in the NCAA tournament this year. And uh, we appreciate your visits all season long. Thanks for being on with us again today. It's always a pleasure, John. Thank you. All right, Coach, see you soon. Thanks. Glenn Moore, Baylor softball coach with us, wrapping up the season. 40 wins for Baylor softball. They got to the 40-win mark, and that is a that is a real milestone. Uh, certainly they would have liked to have had more. They would have liked to have had a shot at Utah out there, you know, in Salt Lake City. and uh, But a couple of losses to Ole Miss and bowing out of the NCAA regional there. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Does the thought of mice, rats, or other rodents taking up residence in your walls or attic make you feel uncomfortable? Once inside, these unwanted critters can cause thousands of dollars in damage to your home. The experts at 855-BUGS can identify points of entry and eliminate them. We use a variety of methods to keep rodents out. Be proactive, not reactive. Let 855-BUGS ensure your home is protected with a free inspection and comprehensive treatment plan. Visit 855-BUGS.com now to schedule your free inspection. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. You got doors that are sticking or cracks in your walls. The Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Life can be full of risks. 
One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. Worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-659-7540. 800-659-7540. 800-659-7540. That's 800-659-7540. No J-Mo, no problem. This is the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Mm-hmm. Baylor section, the Big 12, mm-hmm. that's, that's where I go to first in the magazine. There's also a really cool page from Greg Tepper. Uh, it's the letter from the editor which forever has been Dave Campbell right. until Mr. Campbell passed away. Last year in this space, they had uh, a really a tribute to, to Mr. Dave. So mm-hmm. there really wasn't a letter to the editor. But Greg Tepper takes over that role this year. Um, and part of it is, I want to share it with you, uh, Greg says, this magazine is above all else a labor of love. When Dave and Reba Campbell and Hollis Biddle launched this magazine in 1960, it was a love letter to football in this state. And while our staff has grown and our content has changed, that core belief, a love for the game in this state, still informs and drives everything that we do. It's the great gift that Dave left for us, a blueprint by which we get to celebrate Texas football, and it's one we don't take for granted. This page will never belong to me. It's Dave's forever, but I'm happy to borrow it in a small way to continue his legacy. I genuinely hope you enjoy the 2023 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football most of all, I hope Dave likes it. Isn't that great? That's great. That's great tribute from yeah. Greg Tepper to, Outstanding. Uh, to Mr. Dave. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Yes, we could continue me reading the magazine to you, or we could visit with the man who who wrote those words. Greg Tepper, the uh, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, joins us now. And Greg, it is a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? Uh, John, the pleasure's all mine. I always love uh, uh, talking to folks back home and the at the at the the home the the the, the spiritual home yes. of the magazine yeah, uh, yeah. Now, oh, we, we office up here in Dallas in the Dallas area now but uh, but Waco's always home for us uh, from Mr Campbell's uh, kitchen table right he and Hollis Biddle that was the beginning and uh, we really appreciate I mean that's why I use that we really appreciate you and your kind words about Mr Dave and I, I just know that there are a lot of us that feel that same way as uh, as you do. Yeah, it, you know, whenever we we put together the magazine, our our number one job is just to do right by Dave. You know, he, he was such a visionary, uh, a guy who who had this idea long before anybody thought to do something like this to have comprehensive coverage of football in the state of Texas. Uh, and, and that that vision is something that has been such a blessing for us, and it's the reason that we're around. And, and because he he had those types of ideas. 
uh, of, of being inclusive and making sure that we, we covered, uh, yeah, yes, we're going to cover the Baylor Bears and, and, and the A&M Aggies and the Texas Longhorns, but we're also going to con- cover the Groover Greyhounds. Uh, you know, they their football matters, too. And that was something that was really important to Dave. And and it's something that that really does drive what we do here at Dave Campbell's Texas football uh, to this day and, and hopefully forever. That's great. Nobody does it better than you guys. And we appreciate it. We uh, we always watch for if you're not if we're not a subscriber, you know, and get it in the mail. We watch for, you know, where are the first magazines? And uh, I found one uh, at the end of last week at, at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I think you were, uh, William there said you were through Waco, right? Through the Hall of Fame last week? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we had uh, magazines there at the Hall of Fame. We have such a special relationship with them because, of course, that that's such a, a, a piece of Dave's legacy as well is the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. And so, yeah, we, we always make sure they get a uh, an early an early copy, <laughs> uh, an early shipment of, of magazines. So uh, that's a, uh, for, for our friends down there in Central Texas, that's a, a little, a little, uh, uh, insider tip that if you're ever looking for the magazine to get it first, and if you go check the Hall of Fame, uh, they'll have it uh, pretty much before anybody else. Right. Yep, that's it. We spread that word uh, best <laughs> we can here, and it's absolutely true. What are, you, uh, what are you most proud of when you think about this year's edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football? You know, the thing that I really come back to, obviously, that there's shifting sands of, of college football across the state. We have to rejigger some things. We had to add four pages for Sam Houston since they're joining the FBS ranks, uh, things like that. So we had to move some things around. But, but uh, you know, the, the things that I think I'm most proud of are probably the main features that we've got in there. The main feature on TCU, Sonny Dykes. Uh, and just the, the remarkable story of him kind of coming into his own. In large part, his uh, his his story is one of uh, he's been defined by who he's not over the course of his career. He's not his dad, who was this big, gregarious, effusive personality who was the, the king of Lubbock, right? Uh, he's not him. Uh, he's not Gary Patterson, the guy who took over. Uh, he took over for. He has to walk by his statue every day he goes to his office. Um, but he he did his way, and what he did was do something historic, which is take a team from Texas to the college football playoff for the first time in the national championship game. Mike Craven, our senior writer, wrote that piece. I'm, I, I really, really love it. I've read it three or four times, and, and, and I find something new that I love every time. And then the Gatefold cover uh, magazine of the magazine uh, features Reginald Samples from Duncanville, uh, a guy who is the, the ninth winningest coach in Texas high school football history, the winningest black coach in Texas high school football history, and they respect the godfather of black coaches he's got 23 former assistants that are now head coaches of their wow. own in high yeah. school football ranks um and but his story is one that's largely been a heartbreak uh i think people remember the famous uh hail mary uh in 2018 on uh, the, he was on the business end of that one in 2004 he got his heart ripped out by by dallas lincoln or at dallas lincoln by kilgore but but to finally get that state championship we get an opportunity to tell his story in the magazine and, and that, that kind of tale of redemption uh, to, to get back, get to the mountaintop. And so I'm really proud of those two main features. I think that people are really going to enjoy them. That's great. And it's not an accident that the pose you used on the cover of Sonny Dykes uh, is pretty similar to a cover back in 1989, right? Yeah. We, there's there's a, a, an echo there. I'll yeah. Say that, yeah. You know? That's good. We didn't, you know, uh, Sonny Dykes, of course, Spike D- or uh, Spike Dykes rather. Sonny Dykes' uh, father was on our cover back in 1990. It's one of my all-time favorite covers because I think it just you know we always want to capture what what the cover subject is about. I don't know if there's a, a photo we've ever taken than the one in 1990 of that big guffaw yeah. from, from Spike Dykes in his in his office 
And we wanted to capture that similar, have that echo there, because that does mean a lot to, to Sonny Dykes, but also uh, to do it his own way. That he is not that big, gregarious guy. He's more of a quiet guy. He, he, he's, he's a little bit uh, you know, less, uh, less of everybody's best friend and more just kind of a, a thoughtful football guy. Sure, he can get fiery at times, but, but we wanted to, to kind of echo that while still making it his own, and, and we thought we did that pretty well. Thanks for that subtle correction. 1990 cover with Spike Dykes and uh, and now Sonny Dykes on the cover in 2023. Uh, it's interesting, Greg, tell me if you agree, uh, the reach and the power of Texas Football Magazine. Uh, a school like, oh, Nebraska buys a full-page ad right in Texas Football yeah. Magazine. Uh, well, listen, that is kind of that's the, the coin of the realm now is, yeah. is finding those connections here in the state of Texas. And, and of course they made some major moves, Matt rule. You guys are quite sure his work. And, and, and then he goes out and to be real honest, he basically copy pastes what he did at Baylor, where whenever he got, you guys remember when he got hired at Baylor, he kind of looked around and, and for, you know, I hate to use this word on the radio, but he was a Yankee, right? Mm, right. You know, he comes Comes down, doesn't have those Texas bona fides. So what does he do? He goes out there and he hires Joey McGuire and he hires David Wetzel, two guys who are beloved in the Texas high school football community. Well, then he goes up to Nebraska and he says, well, why don't we do the same thing? So he goes and plucks Bob Wager from Arlington Martin and he goes and hires Susan Elza, uh, the UIL athletic director, uh, to, to kind of head up his Texas bona fides yeah, there to yeah. get that recruiting foothold. So, so yeah, there, there is that reach certainly. And, and yeah, you know, when we got a call from Lincoln, Nebraska saying they'd like to buy an ad, we, we thought maybe it was a crank call, but we, we verified it, and, and the check cleared, so we're happy to put him in the magazine. That's great. And Garrett McGuire on that staff uh, for Matt Rule also at Nebraska. Yeah, um, a lot the, of Texas ties. Yeah, exactly, uh, which is a smart move. I mean, a very uh, calculated move by Matt Rule. Uh, I'm always interested in, uh, well, the whole thing, but the state of Texas power poll and the Big 12 power poll, both of which uh, topped by the University of Texas uh, Greg, this is the year, right? This is the year. The Longhorns uh, are going to be picked by everybody to win the Big 12 this year. Well, it better be the year. You know, you talk about high expectations uh, for, for the Longhorns in the first year before they head, or last year rather, before they head off uh, to the SEC. And, and I think it's really important for them uh, to go out there and, and prove that they are SEC ready. You know, it's not just, you know, uh, winning, but also the way that they're going to win. You know, this offense does look like they've got an opportunity to be really good with Quinn Ewers uh, back for another, uh, another year and, and an outstanding wide receiver core. I think that defense could take another step. But what I think is so interesting about the Big 12 this year is that everybody, I think this is a critical year for everybody, the new teams that are coming in to prove they can belong, the teams that are going to stay around in the Big 12 to prove that, that they are kind of the new alpha in this new look Big 12. I think for Texas and Oklahoma, it's important to prove they can belong. But, but that doesn't take any of the pressure off of these other teams that are going to be in the Big 12 going forward to prove that, yeah, you know what, if there's not going to be a, a, a void at the top. It's our, it's our opportunity. That's, that's our spot. The Texas or OU was just holding it for us. So I think it's really important for, for every team in this, this wild and woolly 14-team Big 12 hunt uh, to, to succeed in 2023. How do you think, Greg, it'll play out uh, when teams play against Texas and against Oklahoma? I mean, I know from a Baylor perspective, you know, you want to beat them. It may be the last time that we play those guys uh, for a long, long time. I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at them. Yeah. I, think that, I think that this is going to be, the, the, I think for Texas and Oklahoma, uh, there's nothing more that these, that these teams, uh, especially the, you know, the eight teams that are going to be kind of holdovers from the old Big 12 to this new Big 12, uh, to, to go out there and to 
give them a parting gift, so to, so to speak, and say, you know what, we, we can hang and we've got an opportunity to, to be this new team. And then furthermore, for these new programs that are joining the Big 12, right. uh, an, an opportunity for them to say, hey, you know what, uh, we're just your replacement. We're just the team that's going to come in and take your spot as well. So I think for every, every conference game, especially that Texas and Oklahoma plays, they are going to get every last bit of that playbook and every last bit of that game plan from the coaching staff simply because uh, it means a lot more than just one game and, and get the difference between say eight and four and seven and five. Uh, it means, it means uh, potentially kind of a culture shifting uh, move moving forward for the next couple of years. Greg Tepper, our guest, managing editor, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, available right now at uh, at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, interested in a couple – your thoughts on a couple of schools. Uh, Joey McGuire in his second year at Texas mm-hmm. Tech. What a great first year he had. And then your thoughts on on Baylor looking to uh, really bounce back from a 6-7 and seven finish a year ago. Yeah, you know, for Texas Tech, this is a year that they, I think they feel really good uh, moving into the uh, moving into uh, this next year, and that last year was kind of the hop and the skip, and this could be uh, the jump. I think that the expectations are high. They've recruited exceptionally well, and I think that there's an opportunity for the defense to really take take uh, take hold, especially the defensive line guys like Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford. I think are going to head up what should be a pretty darn good defensive line. The linebackers can come around. I think Tech could have one of the most improved defenses in the state. This. This is a Baylor team that I think is is under a little bit of pressure to win right now, and I'm extremely interested to see uh, if they can get back to their roots. You know, I I, I think that when you look at what kind of what, what went wrong with Baylor uh, last year, uh, the offense had trouble with that with just consistency, and I think a lot of it came down to I think they got mollywopped on the offensive line by mm-hmm. injury. Uh, and and they had an opportunity and weren't able to run the ball, plain and simple. That's that's the bread and butter of what this team wants to do. They want to run the ball. Uh, you know, the, the the quarterback situation is is important, but but not as important as that offensive line. And so I think there's a lot of optimism on that offensive line to be able to make some moves. I think that they feel pretty good about what they're going to have up front. And you know, I, I'm a believer in Richard Reese. I think he is a I think he is an all an all conference caliber running back. Um, when he's got those that kind of protection up front, and so a lot of this game, a lot of this season, I think for the Bears is going to come down to what it did last year, which is ultimately can they run the ball? If they can. That's a that wide zone scheme is hard to stop when it gets rolling. When it gets going downhill, uh, you do not want to be in the way. Uh, but last year they just if too many fits and starts. If they're able to correct that, I think the Bears could be right back towards the top of the Big Twelve. Yeah, we saw two years ago how well that offense uh, worked mm. when it's working. How well uh, Baylor plays. Final thought, uh, what about TCU? Second year for Sonny Dykes. Boy, they had a lot of key guys that have moved on. What do you think they can do for an encore? That's what's so fascinating. Is the team that everybody was talking about last year now has to replace all of those guys that everybody was talking about. You know, Max Duggan uh, is gone. They've got all those outstanding playmakers that are now off to the next level. It's going to be fascinating. You know, Quentin Johnson's gone. Kendra Miller's gone. You know, the Steve Avila and Al- Alan Ali on the offensive line are gone. Uh, a lot of it, everyone's going to focus on quarterback. Chandler Morris, I think, is is up for the task. I think he's got the, he's capable of doing it. But what I'm interested in is seeing how they can replace the big play ability they had on the outside. You know, I, I thought Quentin Johnston was maybe the most important player for them last year, uh, simply because he gave them that that number one go to threat. Can a guy like JoJo Earl, the transfer from Alabama? step in and be that guy could a guy like jp richardson out of out of fort ben couldn't he be that guy as well uh there's talent on this roster but there are also a ton of holes to fill and and what made i think sunny dykes year last year so remarkable 
was he took all these pieces, kind of mismatched pieces, and he made them fit together so perfectly. Can he do that again? And this time, can he do it with a huge target on his chest? That's what makes 2023 so interesting for for the Horned Frogs. Yeah. Well, it's great to visit with you. I appreciate your time. Uh, maybe see you in Arlington in a couple of weeks. You'll be there for the Big 12 Media Days? We will be there at Fantastic. Big 12 Media Days and, uh, and, and checking out a, a little bit of college football because it's about that time. It is. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it, and great job on this year's magazine. Always, uh, always a must to get one as soon as it comes out. Thanks very much, Greg. Thanks so much, John. I right, appreciate it. Greg Tepper, the managing editor, editor for Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, what great work, you know, and we don't, and I told Greg this in a, in a text, uh, a reminder, I work for Baylor, so I won't get into high schools that much, but you know, we just skim the surface, you know, of the magazine, the things we talked to Greg (laughs) about. I mean, look at all the, look at all the pages devoted to the high schools in Texas. It is, it really is. It's, it's mind boggling the amount of information that they get into the magazine every year. And that's, that's what makes it the greatest football magazine in the world. Oh, it is great. By far. It really is. It's 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 an event when it's released because it's so good and so thorough and so informative. And I I can't wait to read this year's like I do every year. You know, every once in a while I'll do a spring cleaning or clean out some stuff. You know, do I really need to keep this? And and I'll run across a, a pretty good stock of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, and I think for just a second, <laughs> do I need these? And I think that's a stupid question. I yeah, you're not throwing those. Out. No, no, I've kept <laughs> no. them all. I mean, right. I've kept every one that I've ever had. Uh, you know, that doesn't go back that far, but um, I'm not getting rid of those. A lot of them, you know, it used to be great. Mr. Dave would, when the magazine would come out, I think he'd get an early box. He'd come by our athletic department, he'd sign the copy, and it'd be sitting on your desk waiting for you. Nice. Now, how valuable is that? Man, that's so great. Isn't that great? Yep. So, yeah, just continue to appreciate uh, Mr. Dave Campbell. All right, thanks to Greg Tepper for being on with us. We appreciate that. Let's- this, is, this is ESPN Central Texas. In the five or so years that I've been servicing my cars here at Freddie Kish, I've been extremely pleased. I've been a customer of Freddie Kish for going on seven years. They just make it so convenient. And then on the other side, they just care. The guys in here are so friendly. They call me by name when I come in, and why would I want to change? I certainly wouldn't be giving any referrals to any other car servicing center in the area. I absolutely would not take my car anywhere else. It's the people and the professionalism, and uh, I wouldn't go anywhere else. For over 30 years, you've counted on the family of D'Amore Fine Jewelers to make life's most precious memories unforgettable. D'Amore specializes in full custom designs, including custom CAD renderings, 3D wax printing, and a team of friendly custom jewelry experts. D'Amore Fine Jewelers will be there for your custom engagement ring when she says yes, and for the next 30 years. Thank you for choosing DMRA Fine Jewelers. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. There's a lot of talk right now about AI and how artificial intelligence is going to take over the world and take people.